Hello and welcome to the ET PhD team podcast, the podcast here to help you with your relationship with food and body by giving you evidence-based techniques to support yourself with a sprinkling of feminism, a dash of dismantling diet culture and a side of vulnerability as we share our own messy lives with you. I'm Emilia, a registered nutritionist and PhD with the sole purpose of making your life happier and healthier. If you love it, please do go wild and share it. And if you're ready for support with our coaching, details are in the show notes. Hello and welcome to episode number 212. 212. Oh, oh, the temptation was real to break into Azealia Wags, but I'm not going to do it because we don't need that um, on a Monday or, you know, any day that you're listening to this podcast. So today's podcast is a little bit of a special one. At the weekend, I gave a talk to coaches and personal trainers at the Level Up event, um, which by the way was the best one yet according to the people that came and you should make sure you're on the wait list for the next one. Um, But I was specifically talking about managing chronic pain or supporting your clients actually with chronic pain and chronic illness with their body image. And I thought, I wonder who else might want to hear this? Probably people that listen to this podcast who maybe manage chronic pain or chronic illness for themselves or maybe have partners or friends or indeed clients who also do. And so here we are. This is by no means an in-depth analysis of the talk that I gave at the weekend. In order to see that, you would have to come to level up. Or I might do it again for EIQ, so you can always do that too. But I am going to touch on the ways that you can support yourself and that is the kind of narrative that I'm coming from here um, in your own body image when you are navigating this. Sometimes when we think of chronic pain we think of things like back injuries or um, often we think of back injuries (laughs) but you know you might be somebody who lives with fibromyalgia or MS or PCOS or endometriosis or you might be recovering from cancer, you might be living with cancer. There are so many situations where we, I think we often forget chronic pain or chronic illness can manifest. And actually, there are some reasons why we need to be extra mindful of body image when we are um, navigating these waters. As a reminder, body image is not about the way that our body looks. Body image encompasses the cognitive i.e. the beliefs that we have about our body, the evaluative, how we think about our body, the emotional, how we feel about our body, and the behavioural, the things we do in relation to how we look. So that might include things like, you know, how we compare our body to societal norms, to, it might include things like internalised weight stigma, sorry, our weight bias. It might include things like dieting, body checking, all of these things encompass um, our body image. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you will know the relationship between mood and emotions and our body image. And often when we feel quote unquote negative emotions or we're struggling, often that's when we feel the least positive about our body image. And we know there's quite a strong link there. And Remember that body image is associated with disordered eating habits and often we see that people with the more healthful relationships with food have a more positive body image. So targeting our body image is a really important thing to do. It's one of why it's one of the key pillars of the work that we do at the ETPHD method because it is potentially an intervention that we can target that will support 
our disordered eating habits. I don't believe that you can work on your relationship with food without working on your body image. And sometimes your body image will improve naturally as a byproduct of improving your relationship with food and, and sometimes it won't. I want to read something that I put into um, my talk at the weekend and it was from a research paper. Embodying positive body image means placing less value on physical appearance and more on physical ability. But are individuals free to experience positive body image when they are less physically able or when pain interferes with their experience of their bodies? There's this narrative at the moment of, you know, focus on what your body can do, not for what your body looks like. And that's really helpful and really important and great. But it can be also really frustrating and patronising and condescending for people who maybe feel like, well, my body can't do what it's supposed to do. My body can't do what it used to be able to do. Or I'm really fighting against my body for what it's doing right now. Sometimes it might be, for example, maybe you're struggling with subfertility and you find that you are starting to get, you know, frustrated at your body. And I know certainly when I went through all of my single mother by choice journey, kind of started that journey a few years ago, I know that I felt frustrated with it at times and I noticed the impact that it had on my body image. And so we need to be really mindful of just saying, oh, just focus on what your body can do. That's not necessarily helpful. And about 60% of all adults experience at least one condition of chronic pain or a chronic condition. So this is not a minority of people. And we know that chronic pain is associated with um, body dissatisfaction and poor body image. Now, the research around this is quite limited, but you'll know yourself if you've experienced uh, chronic pain or chronic illness, um, you might get a bit curious about what your journey was like with your body at that time and how that felt. What we do see in at least the kind of, uh, some of the research base that we do have is that alongside symptom improvement in chronic pain, we often see improvements in body image and sometimes when we see improvements in body image we see improvements in symptoms so what can we do within our own kind of realm of either coaching expertise or our own abilities as people to support ourselves what can we do to support our body image there's a couple reasons why body image might be slightly more challenging for people who experience chronic pain and one of the reasons is that Often when you experience chronic pain, you maybe go to see lots of professionals and you're treated like a patient, right? Your body is almost conceptualised as this objective thing that's broken and needs to be fixed. And it can break that connection that we have between ourselves and our body and our body and the world. It creates this idea that our body is just something to be fixed and that can lead to like us feeling quite disconnected from our bodies and one of the key drivers or one of the key protective factors of positive body image is actually what we call embodiment and embodiment is this concept that we are um, living within our bodies and we have this strong mind-body connection and when we have body connection, we see body comfort, as opposed to when we have body disconnection, we have an experienced discomfort. Embodiment teaches us that our bodies are not just a house for, you know, our thoughts and our feelings, but 
they're actually a part of us, something to be looked after. And this is something that, you know, yoga can really help with, body scans can really help with, mindfulness practice can be really helpful with, some somatic work. Again, all of these things are essential components of the ETPHD method for a reason. They all support embodiment. On the flip side, some things that can stop embodiment are chronic pain, chronic illness, or not stop, but certainly hinder. And also things like self-objectification, the idea that our bodies are objects to be desired. It is, we see self-objectification occurring or being more prevalent when we are subject to diet culture. And dieting can also rupture this bond because we start to treat our bodies as something to change, something to um, that is malleable, something that has to conform to look a certain way. And that can lead to, dis- to lead to disembodiment too. Now, I'm certainly not saying it does. And, you know, you know that I am very much pro-dieting for those people that it's helpful for and people who want to do it. Um, but it's just something to be mindful of. If you're somebody who is chronically trying to stay smaller, do you feel connected to your body? And again, something to be mindful of if you are living with chronic pain. If that is you think about incorporating some of those things in the yogas, the body scans, the somata work, the mindfulness work. Another thing to consider if you're living with chronic pain is that often we see people who maybe, let's say people who are recovering from cancer. There is an increased body checking occurrence for this fear of recurrence. And we know that body checking is associated with body dissatisfaction and body avoidance. So but that's why, you know, if you think of body checking on a scale of like one end body avoidance, the other end extreme body checking, for a positive body image, you probably want to be somewhere in the middle, floating up and down the middle, not completely avoiding your body, but not overly checking your body. And if you are recovering from illness or injury, or if you're living with it, often you are more like hypersensitive and checking your body more often so for example we know that in people who are recovering from breast cancer there's an increased occurrence of body checking especially around the breast area for fear of recurrence or in response to any sort of pain and so you can imagine that if you're constantly checking your body then this is going to potentially impact um your body your body image And so again, being really mindful of this in yourself, if this is you, one practice that I took everyone through on Saturday at Level Up event, and something you can do for yourself, is this somatic practice. And what that looks like is, if you can do this right now, do this right now, but you might want to save this and do this later. But if you close your eyes and just take in three deep breaths, in through your nose, down into your soft belly and out through your nose. And then just think about a part of your body that you don't love. Maybe it's a part of your body that brings you pain or fear. Maybe it's a part of your body that you don't like the look of. Or maybe it's part of your body that you don't like the things that come out of your mouth so maybe it's your throat or your mouth just think about that part of your body and place your hand over that part of your body 
And then I invite you just to breathe into some kindness. Think about breathing in kindness and directing it to the place where your hand is right now. And you say to that part of your body, thank you for being part of my body, for keeping me alive. Thank you for all that you do to allow me to live my life. And try and connect with that part of your body. And this is something that you can do whether or not you have chronic pain or chronic illness or injury. And it's a practice that I use on the EDPHD method to cultivate more acceptance of our body and support a positive body image. Another thing that can happen with chronic pain is that people can develop this fear of bodily sensations. So for example, maybe in the past you might have ignored like a little twinge in your back or you know a little, you know sometimes you get little random shooting pains. If you're a woman, you know the random shooting pains that you get up your vagina or up your butthole sometimes, like where do they come from? Anyway, in the past you might have ignored those. or you might have put them on a podcast for everyone to hear. Um, but sometimes when you're recovering from um, injury, you, you can become, again, hypersensitive to these things. And actually, you get distressed, you get worried, you feel anxious when you feel these things. And actually, you don't want to listen to your body. And we know that a more positive body image is associated with an increased ability to listen to our internal cues, our hunger, our fullness, our need for rest. These things are all you know, listening to these things and trusting these things are all associated with a more positive body image. But what if these things actually scare us? Should we always be listening to these things? And this kind of falls in line with this um, concept that um, I came across recently called the injured self. And the injured self concept describes how people, when they are recovering from um, chronic illness or, or injury, they have this increase in body checking behaviours and they also might see the shift in identity. And as a result of feeling like a shift in identity, that can impact our body image. So for example, who I was speaking to at the weekend, maybe personal trainers. If they identify as a personal trainer, a fit person, a healthy person, and then they, something makes them unable to train anymore, they, they may well feel like this loss of who they are. And this is one reason why it's super important not to identify with your fitness and with your health and actually recognise that you are a person, you are a soul, you are the energy that you bring into the room, you are all of the love and the connections that you have in this world, but you are not the things that you can do. Also, with chronic pain, we see physical changes sometimes and it might be that you're just, you know, bloating from the medication that you're taking. But it might be that um, you have, for example, maybe you've had breast cancer and you've had a mastectomy or um, you have chronic back pain. So you um, your posture is different. You walk in a slightly different way or maybe you've been on some medication. Maybe you've gained weight, you know, or lost weight. Whatever the case may be, there are maybe some physical changes with, with chronic illness and injury. And this can create sometimes this body shame body shame is a specific risk factor of negative body image in people with eating disorders people without eating disorders people with disordered eating habits body shame is a specific risk factor of negative body image and so when we see these visible physical changes if we're not um 
comfortable with um, this body shame that we feel can directly impact our body image. But also there's potentially this fear of digressing from societal norms. We start to worry about what other people think about us. We start to feel bad about the way that we look in ourselves. And as a result of that, we may avoid social connections. We might avoid intimacy. And what is one of the most important factors when it comes to body image and our overall health? Connection. On top of that, we may be relying on other people more because of our chronic pain. And that can impact further our connections and our intimacy. And we know that people um, who have chronic pain have almost double the prevalence of sexual difficulties than those without chronic pain. And that may well be in part because of this less positive body image. It may be because of impacts on connection, feelings of connection. So people who feel negative about their bodies have lower levels of desire, low levels of arousal, um, lower self um, sexual satisfaction. So not only does the potential physical change impact how we feel in our bodies directly and this body shame, but it can indirectly impact this through impacting our connections. And when our connections are dampened, we impact that impacts our body image and then our body image is impacted and that then impacts our social connections and our intimacy again. And it becomes a bit of a, like a cycle. So having people around you, if you're living with chronic pain is so, so important and having someone that can hold space for you to have these conversations about how you feel and creating other ways to cultivate connection, whether it be with a partner, whether it be with yourself. We know that people actually with less positive body image even have lower orgasm rate than in um, masturbation than people with a more positive body image. It's one of the reasons why when it comes to me, I'm all about that masturbation me talk and it's one of the reasons why I always encourage all of you to masturbate because it's associated with a more positive body image and it's associated with more self-compassion. So thinking about this for yourself, I wonder if for you, if you're living with chronic pain or chronic illness, have you noticed any differences in your desire and your arousal and your satisfaction and do you think okay well how do I feel about my body image or how do I feel about my connection with my significant other or with myself and I wonder if we can work on those things one way to work on those things by the way is to actually masturbate more so you know get that one in there another reason that with uh, chronic pain we can struggle more with our body image is that one of um the axes in one of the axes responsible for like our basic physiological functions like our endocrine responses etc is the hpa axis the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis um so hypothalamus pituitary gland adrenal gland and it's the primary stress response system and we get um abnormal regulation and output from this system in, in centralised pain disorders. So when we feel stressed and we're in that kind of fight or flight mode, we know that we kind of get this these feelings of dysregulation and 
Chronic pain is associated with stress, anxiety, and of course, disembodiment. So if we're feeling this kind of stress and anxiety, what can happen is that the part of our brain that is responsible for um, perception of our and our body image specifically, the parietal lobe becomes activated. We get misfiring of body image messaging and we can't see ourselves objectively. And this is not just what happens in chronic pain, this is what happens whenever you are highly stressed, you're in fight or flight mode, you're not sleeping. It's often when we see people with disordered eating habits too. But that part of our brain doesn't kind of fire properly. Our messages get a little bit confused and we can't see ourselves objectively. So our body image can become more negative as a response to that as well. And of course, if you're dealing with chronic pain or illness, you might be struggling with your sleep. Sleep is so important for your body image and we, we see correlations between poor quality and quantity sleep and um, negative body image. So again, not specific to chronic pain here. If you're somebody who struggles with sleep, it's really important to recognise that actually you might be just like regulated and your body image might be um, impacted by that. So often we're like, oh, well, I've got poor body image. I need to fat loss. I need to like work harder, do more things. And actually often it's the opposite of what we need. We need to sleep more. We need to foster greater connections. We need to self-soothe, regulate ourselves Um, work on our self-compassion, come back more into our bodies instead of punishing them and hurting them more. It's the opposite often of what we think we need to do. So if you are managing this, really think about how can I support my own body image in this moment? And that might be things like incorporating body scans, all meditation apps, um, some of my meditations on this um, podcast, if you if you go into the podcast on Spotify and you search for meditation, you'll see meditations that I've done and some of them are body scans. Start incorporating them into your week once or twice a week. Working on your self-regulation and your self-soothing, working on your co-regulation, your communication with, you know, your significant other or the people that are most around you. Starting to work on how can I start to listen to my internal cues without fear? Can I offer soothing for myself in that moment? Working on your body checking from a place of care and gratitude rather than a place of fear. Doing some embodiment practices, some yoga, even if it's just five minutes. And I do like to encourage yoga in a space that is supportive of the mindset of yoga. And what I mean by that is often when we're trying to get into yoga, we do yoga, you know, at the gym, like after a session and stuff. And that can be great. It's for sure a really helpful thing to do. But if you can, can you do it in the quiet and safety of your own home? Maybe with a candle and some incense or in a yoga studio. And it's not about the candle and the incense having some magical powers, but it's about fostering an environment of safety, of calm, of connectedness with your body and really being able to tune in to your body. Manage your social media environment. Stop following, you know, accounts that say, just focus on your PBs and how fast you can run and um, kind of even things like body positivity accounts when they're still focusing on what your body can do can be quite triggering for some people and we know that exposure to diet diet culture instagram accounts or just accounts that are related to fat loss are associated with less positive body image so managing your feed 
is really, really important. Can you cultivate your feed so that it includes things about other areas of your life that you love? Puppies, um, hiking, um, meditation, I'm just thinking about things that I might have on mine, partying, fashion, you know, affirmations, whatever it is for you, can you cultivate a more diverse feed in that? Important to practice body functionality, i.e. focusing on what your body can do as opposed to what your body looks like. And you'll have heard us talking on the ETHD method so many times about this. And we have a specific resource for our clients that, you know, goes through this in quite a lot of detail. But body functionality includes things like internal processes, i.e. our immune function, bodily sensations, i.e. our ability to see, hear, orgasm, creative endeavours, our ability to, well, I say our ability to sing and dance, not my ability to sing and dance, but you know, I still have a good time. But that type of creative endeavour, physical capabilities, i.e. walking, of course, yoga, and um, self-care, sleeping, showering, plucking our eyebrows, whatever that may be. Can you practice body functionality, appreciation and awareness every day? When you go to bed, one thing my body has allowed today, thank you so much for allowing that body and trying to move away from what it can do because if you're struggling with chronic pain or illness or injury and you only are thinking about what your body can do, eventually that's going to get really, really, it's going to really piss you off because it might you might not be able to do those things. And this might be the hardest part because your brain automatically goes to what your body can't do. But really try and focus on what your body does allow. Practice these embodiment practices, even if it's just some grounding breath work. There's some really cool research around mindfulness and body scans and their improvements in actual pain management as well as body image. So it's not just about improving your body image here, it's like some of these things can actually support your pain management. Just be mindful too of the environment that you have around you, the things that you're doing to your body. Are you are you chronically dieting? Are you over-exercising? Are you resting enough? Are you taking care of her when she is going through or they are going through or he is going through this really difficult time. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you did, please do feel free to like, share, subscribe and review. And if you would like to chat to me, then you can find details of my Instagram in the show notes.